0: Hello and welcome to The A-List, the podcast that asks the world's top advertising professionals how they got started in the business. I'm Tom Chrisman, Chief Creative Officer at DeMassimo Goldstein, an inspiring action agency in New York City. Today, I get to talk to Carl Lieberman. He is the ECD and Head Creative at Wyden & Kennedy in New York City and his claim to fame is that he co-created uh, the most interesting man in the world campaign and he talks about uh, doing that uh, for Joseki's at Euro with Brandon Henderson working for Jeff Kling it's a really interesting story that he tells there about how they came up with that in 2 hours they they basically realized that they had to bring work to a meeting that they had decided they probably weren't going to try this time such a great story and and inspiring for i think a lot of creatives out there that are probably nervous about the short timelines and the quick turnarounds sometimes that's all you need is a couple hours we also talked about Moneyball. we talked about a lot of the widened greats out there jeff Kling, jimmy smith and going to school at the university of delaware and you know we've talked to a few people from there sounds like it's a it's a great place we are sponsored by you know Ad House Advertising School. So I want to say that they are they are a great place to get a quick fix on some ad lessons from the actual professionals that are doing the work in the business. That's their philosophy, that an ad class is only as relevant as the professional who teaches it. And that's why we speak to the professionals on this show, like Carl Lieberman. Ad House classes are taught by the best in the biz, like Paul Fix and Drew Nanda at Oberland. They teach classes there. You get 10 weeks of classes for just 600 bucks. To apply, just go to adhousenyc.com. And for the latest news, follow adhousenyc on Facebook. And now, my conversation with Carl Lieberman.
1: Hey, Carl Lieberman. Hello. How are you? Uh, really good. Really good. Thank you for, for letting me. Come on and and do this. This is awesome.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 excited to to have you. I uh, have never met you, but uh, but I, I love your work and I've I've been an admirer of it from afar for a long time. Um. So uh, yeah, you are you are ECD and creative head at and uh, Kennedy in New York City. Yes. Um. And, uh, and with with your managing partner uh, Neil Arthur. Um. And how long have you been there now? Over three years now. Oh wow! Okay, so you, you you're settling yeah. in there. Um, yeah. How many people I, uh, are how
1: many people are there? We are at around, I think, like two seventy five. Wow, that's huge. It is. That's it's a lot it's, of people. It, it's it's constantly the the little brother. Yeah, in Portland. Yeah, but ironically the little brother, a, it's, but it's big. It's a big little brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so where, where, uh, where did you get started? Where did, where did you grow up? This is very surreal for me because I, I was, was panicking over the weekend that we we're going to do this. So I crammed in like seven episodes. <laughs> and they all start with this question. They all start with this question. So I'm nothing I'm, if I'm not now, consistent. And I probably practice my answer while I was walking the dog and now, <laughs> and now, now I'm drawing a blank. I'm and like, where did I? Yeah. Where did you grow? Where,
0: yeah. You don't know. No one knows where Carl... If you don't want to answer the question, it's cool, Carl. No, that,
1: that's, that's fine. <laughs> I grew up in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, Woo! Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm required <laughs> no, like, by law to do that, that. that, as you know. That's usually, that's usually not the response. That's oh. usually not the response. Those are people that aren't
0: from Jersey, that aren't lucky enough to be from the, the strongest state in the Union.
1: Jersey's great. It's very, I think, different than some people think. Like, I grew up about 45 minutes, an hour from, from, from New York. What, ta- what town is that? It's a town that no one ever knows. Yeah. It's called Tewksbury Township. It's very small mm-hmm. uh, and it's super rural. Like yeah. I grew up, we had gravel roads, gravel driveway. Like I basically just grew up in the woods. Yeah. So it's interesting that it, at, at the same time you had kind of its unique access to New York City.
0: Yeah. Forty five minutes away. Uh, what was it like growing up there? What did your what did your parents do? What did
1: you uh what did you want to be? I had a, a really lucky upbringing. I'm I'm the youngest of four. My dad is a doctor and my mom is an artist. And so I nice. I grew up in this interesting blend of a home that was super career driven mm-hmm. and ambitious, but also very creative. Yeah. She was a painter, or is a painter. Yeah, she is. She is a painter. She was a college art professor. Nice. And I, I'm the youngest of four by quite a bit. My three siblings are older than I am, and, and I had a pseudo single child upbringing. Right. A lot of time by myself. It was a good. It was a good household. I, my mom had a um, art studio. And I remember starting a lot of my days in there. I would have breakfast in there. She would already be up like stretching canvas or painting or 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 doing drawing and and she had a little table for me over in the corner that she would welcome me into there every morning with with breakfast and then I would get to work and, that sounds and lovely it, it really was yeah. it was really really nice and it's definitely a, a thing my wife Amy and I try to do with with our kids now is give them that that space to make stuff
0: yeah so you so you were making stuff at an early age you were you were just kind of following along with mom and 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 making your own art yeah
1: and I I actually was wildly unaware that that was unusual Mm -hmm. that just seemed like what you were supposed to do and I I had made, drew comic books and, and came up with all these different comic book characters and wrote the storylines. I'd, I'd write them as I got older, I'd, I'd write them out on a computer and then, and then plot out. And that was just what I was, was interested in. It was always, was never great at it. I was never a great (laughs) illustrator, but I liked the process.
0: Did you, did you think about maybe going to Joe Cooper? Uh, I know that that school is out in Jersey or was out in Jersey. I don't know if it's still there, but, uh, or, or going to SVA or, or doing any of
1: that for actual comic book art or illustration. I did, but I was aware of my limitations. I think by the time it got to college age, that right. I was just like, I, I, I don't know where I would fit in in that world because I'm, uh, I'm not really a writer, not really that great at, at drawing. So the fear,
0: the fear of like not being good enough, kind of held you back from pursuing that, and you were like, all right, let me do something more practical did you, you you went to the university of delaware eventually um, Yes. and what what was it that you were you were majoring
1: in there i was an art major i was okay. a fine art major yeah. um but definitely yeah like you're saying it had a little more it seemed like a more realistic path to having a career versus becoming a illustrator even at the time from for Marvel when they weren't quite as famous as they are now. But yeah. even at the time that was like, you know, that would have been the same as your career ambition being like playing for the Chicago Bulls. Right. Yeah. You know, you just you 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 know that that's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> so you kinda look around and try to figure out what what else you can do. Yeah, you gotta be crazy to try that. Yeah. <laughs> so my sister Lucy actually worked in digital marketing, advertising world and she was down in Washington DC at this company called Magnet and she was always kind enough to have me come down, ride the train down and come see her and stay with her and she would just take me to work. Yeah. And it was the coolest place. It like, was called it Magnet like,
0: and it was what what
1: was it again? It was they it was like I guess I guess you could would now call it like a digital agency. But okay. at the time it did Really, even know I think what it was exactly because it did some advertising. They made video games, they did websites, oh, wow. they and it was just this crazy place. It looked like a company you would see in a, in a movie about right, companies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, when you go to an office place, you're always yeah. well, you know, so it's always kind of a bummer. But this yeah. place, it was in a converted power factory, and like there were all kinds of d- different people doing oh, different wow. interesting things there. And that that opened my eyes. then at that it was like, oh, this could be a career. Like there were two guys that just worked there and just made music for video games. Oh my God, and that's so cool. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, that's a that's a job. <laughs> I had I had sort of assumed that like yeah. a job would would be would would have to suck, and it yeah. was so good to go go down there and and see that. And so that was what led me to trying to find a school that had that kind of thing inside of it so so the art program at Delaware had this program called visual communications inside of it Mm -hmm. and it was photography and design and and art direction and it was a bit like a little agency uh inside of a a college and I was drawn right to it
0: I think Bill Oberlander went there as well before you had you heard of him when you were there and and when did you when did you start to realize that advertising was a thing that you wanted to do when you were at University of Delaware,
1: I have such an I have such an uninteresting career path because I think by the time I was like eighteen, yeah, same or nineteen. Here. I okay, yeah, I was like, oh, I, I think I'd like to work in advertising. Yeah,
0: no, it's it's very rare. Uh, I don't think it's uninteresting though. I think it's it's really interesting because it's, and I think more and more kids these days are starting to I mean my my boys are are 15 and 16 and they're they're already like uh, I'm going to be an editor and or I'm going to be a video game designer you know they're starting to really get down to what they want to do and I think it was rarer back when you went to college and and even rarer when I went to college I think it's why we're doing this show to sort of tell people hey this is a thing that that a lot of interesting people do a lot of people like you do so so I think that's interesting for people to hear that uh, you knew. And what did your doctor dad and your artist mom think of of your uh, budding uh, enthusiasm for advertising?
1: <laughs> they were uh, very patient with me. <laughs> um, I do I do remember. You know, my parents were 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 great in that they you know they let me pick my major, let me pick my my school, uh, paid for it, and nice. I do remember you know because it's in the art program. So you yeah. have to take a lot of fundamental things, 2D design and, and, and illustration. And, uh, I remember, I think it was the first Christmas in school. I came back to my parents' house and they had lived, we, we lived in Delaware at that point and went back to their house. And I had this giant, uh, Chuck Taylor sneaker made out of foam core <laughs> <laughs> That you had my made dad, for a, for one of your classes. Yeah, paid for for a class, and my dad, I remember he was sitting in his chair and watched TV, and he's like, "What? What is that?" And I was like, "Oh, this is, this is what I've been working on. It's at school." And like, you know, man, it's, it took me a long time, but it but uh, it's finished. And I could he didn't say it, but I could tell he was like, "What am I paying for? <laughs> <laughs> is this what? This is this what you're doing? What? What real world?" <laughs> practicality is, is that leading to, yeah. um, but they were patient and very supportive and they, they never said anything but, but positive things.
0: Yeah. I I think those, those basic, uh, sort of doing, doing things that you're not good at or doing things that, uh, feel outside of the realm of advertising is, is good because it, it teaches you those, those, you know, the patience and the, the, trying things and failure and all, all those things. So, um, yeah, a, a fine art background is, is good.
1: Yeah, it was great. And it, I think it helped me the, the, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of people that work in our industry there. I listened to, um, your pod with Franklin and Libby. Yeah. And they were, Oh, they also went there, look, right? Yeah. And they, they, they really like looked out for me when I was, was coming out, took really good care. It really went out of their way to help, Helped me. Oh, that's um, so great to hear. Yeah, and it was it was it was a good school in that, you know, it was run by artists and and designers, and it taught you 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 walked out of there understanding how hard you have to work mm. and understanding how subjective the business can be, because it was it was like having a, a CCO, like you you worked for this guy Ray and yeah. um, Martha. Carruthers and, and build Deering and, and it was just you had to appease their tastes mm. and, and it was really helpful t- to learn that there wasn't really a right or wrong thing it was just that like, you had to just run at whatever hill that person was asking you to, to run at.
0: Yeah kind of unquestioningly and, and and you have to sort of trust that they have a th- thought of the right way to do it even if you don't you can't see it yet.
1: Yeah totally and then and then from from there, when I was a senior in college, I got an internship. Franklin got me an internship at Mother London when it was starting. Yeah, that was really, I had no idea what it was. I'd never been to London before. I'd never been outside of America. And I walked into Mother and it was this, again, like, like Magnet before it. It was just this awesome yeah. place. They, would, they were doing incredible work. I remember Franklin took me out for uh, a coffee. It was basically an intervention about my portfolio. Really? Yeah. And he was like, dude, your portfolio sucks. Wow. And I was like, oh no, no, it's good. It doesn't <laughs> suck." <It's good." laughs> and he was like, no, dude, you're not going to be able to get a job with this portfolio. It doesn't
0: make any sense. What was what was it about it that that you think you hadn't grasped?
1: I think it had we had, had so many specific assignments that were helpful and understanding the process of advertising but to to someone on the outside when they looked at it they're like what is this this is you know it was a brand that we made up you know it'd be for a brand that was made up for a like a target audience you probably shouldn't be talking to like it was very specific and he was like you just you need to make you need to make ads for like um." Like Mercedes, you need right. to make ads for things people know about and that they understand the, the context of how you think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what w- did you did you eventually accept his like how long did it take you to sort of be like, OK, you're right. It sucks.
1: Maybe a couple days. Yeah.
0: So you walked <laughs> away from that coffee like this guy fucking doesn't know what he's talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think if I remember correctly and it's, you know, 20, sure. 20 years now, I remember were, you were an
0: idiot back then. We can, we can, yeah we can safely and, assume
1: <laughs> it's still, it still in for sure. And yeah. like, and we, we all I think he sat me down twice and I think it was the second time I was like, okay, this is for real. <laughs> He's not kidding. <laughs> and he, he had really, he, it was great. I mean, I, I, I have, have had a ton of people helping me throughout this whole career I, and yeah. i we could spend an hour naming all of them one by one and it, it still wouldn't be long enough but right. he was had had a plan which was great he was like here here i'm going to give you i'm going to give you brands for you to work on you're gonna show me the work, you're gonna send it to Libby, you're gonna you're gonna use the kind of University of Delaware network. There's a lot of people, like you said, like Bill Oberlander out in the world that you're gonna show that work to and it's gonna help you make it better. Yeah. And the other thing he did that that was was j- completely changed my life was like you're gonna need a partner. It was kind of before the dot com bubble. Agencies had gotten into the thing of where they were just hiring, t- hiring teams. Right. Um, instead of individuals. And he's like, you're going to be more marketable if you're a team. So yeah. go back to college and, and pick a partner and make a book together. And I got back and, and my first partner was, was Brandon Henderson. And I, I, I sat down and told him the same thing. I was like, apparently our books suck. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't know. So yeah, th- that, that thing, apparently we need to work in teams and apparently we need to work Together and like, is that something you'd be into? And and he was. And yeah. we we spent the final semester just rebuilding our book how, entirely as how did two you, art directors. Oh, two art directors. You were both art directors. Yeah. What?
0: How did you pick Brandon? What? Why did you pick Brandon? Was he just your friend? Was Was that just? It was the easiest thing, or did you did you think he, he was the best?
1: No. He was definitely the. He was definitely, for my money, the best. He he was much better at all this stuff than I was and he was a friend. We had, we had went to high school together and, oh, wow. uh, yeah. And he was also a, like a, 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 comic book guy. I yeah. remember I was selling some of my comic books one day and he, he, I think was the only person that bought a copy. <laughs> Do you still have one of those? Maybe, maybe it will, it will hopefully never, oh, never see. Okay. see the light of day.
0: <laughs> so you and you and Brandon, uh, you come back from London. You're like, okay, we got to start our book. what, what, so you started getting these assignments from uh from mother london
1: yeah we would we would work we'd get up you know in the morning or or at least like what constitutes the morning in college. Yeah. So I think we would start at ten thirty or eleven yep and work together yeah. you know until four or five, and then we would oftentimes package those things up and send them to a you know send an email pleading for feedback. Yeah. To people that that were out in the agency world and people were really cool. People responded and would would give feedback and give helpful feedback. And it became this really nice cadence to our final semester of the year that you'd wake up in the morning with sort of your your new marching orders of what to try or how you can make things better. So you you just
0: reached out to people. They were in the University of Delaware network, but like they were people that you said, okay, we like this person. and, And and what was the what was the response rate, you think? Generally, was it was it pretty good? It was
1: like I, I mean, it was probably like 100 percent. almost. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. See, I think a lot of people don't think that that would be the case. You know, oh, these people are busy and they're you know, but I I think the advertising world is pretty is pretty kind that way.
1: Totally, it, it's like you come in with such in such awe of the people that they have jobs. Yeah, I think in, in some form uh, that's probably flattering. And then, and in hindsight, you realize advertising k- kicks your ass so bad yeah. all the time. It's kind nice to have someone coming, coming in to, and wanting to provide some adulation and, and asking for some help.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you got, you got your marching orders, you made your book better. At what point were you like, okay, we're ready. Let's go get jobs. Or was it like, you're never ready and, and you, okay, we, this is as good as we can
1: do. We, we just, yeah, needed to, needed to get jobs because I mean, our, didn't you know, didn't want to have to live with our parents. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So we 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 targeted New York. It seemed like there were uh, there's so many agencies. It seemed like you could you could get a job somewhere. Yeah, and went from there. Again, it was the pre dot com bubble, and so right. advertising agencies were staffing up for sure. And yeah. so I think in most other time periods brand and i probably wouldn't have gotten a job as you know neither one of us being a copywriter right also both being kind of mediocre art directors and (laughs) still like as as much as we worked on that book it didn't remotely look as good as things that would come out of like um bcu and and other other programs but because the the industry was very healthy. we got, got lucky and, and, and got, got jobs.
0: Where did you, where did you try to get jobs? Where were you, uh, where were you hoping to go? What was, what was, what was the list?
1: Oh man, we tried, we tried everywhere. I, yeah. I, for the, for about five or six years, I had this word doc that had, it, it had the list of every agency that I got rejected from because I couldn't, I couldn't keep track. <laughs> so I needed the list to remember, like what did like it would say, what the agency was, who rejected it, and yeah. why. Yeah, it had that thing for forever. So same deal, com- coming out of school was was it was definitely hard. I remember getting our first rejection letter was from Ground Zero mm-hmm. in L.A., and it was a it was a funny mix of it was super sad, and it was also like it. it it was sort of the first indication of like, OK, maybe I'm maybe I'm in this game like they they took the time to tell me my, my book sucked and they're not going <laughs> to give me a job. So you <laughs> saw that as a positive. Yeah, I did. I held on to that for kind of a long time because a lot of times you just sent something and you, it was just nothing. You didn't yeah. hear anything back. Yeah. I think I was at
0: Kirschenbaum working under Bill Oberlander when you were uh, coming into the Industry. You eventually got a job at Denodo Lee. Was that the Was that
1: the one that said, "Okay, let's do this"? I actually worked at another place briefly called Holland Advertising. Holland. Yeah, and um, we were hired by Con Williamson hired us. Oh, okay. And yeah, so we worked there for a little bit, and it was a tough job. We were also not probably... Didn't have the skills yet to really be worthy of a job, so he only lasted a, a few months there. And then Greg reached out to us, Craig Greg DeVoto. and uh, and he was amazing. And we took that job because it could pay us a little more, and it seemed like um, it seemed like a better fit.
0: And they were doing really interesting uh, print. At that time, for dot coms and I spoke to to greg on on this show um I remember going and trying to work there as well, I think at the same time, and he was like, "Yeah, we got a lot of juniors and a lot of freelancers. that's about all we have. <laughs> I was like right. we, don't have, we don't have room for a for a senior copywriter ACD. Yeah, I think I was trying to be an a c d at that
1: point right. uh and I was like, okay. uh." But yeah, yeah, so Greg, you were definitely in like uh, it was. It was just a handful of us, and yeah. then Chris Van Oosterhout was the sort of senior person at the time. Yeah. It was a lo- kind of a wild ride because we got there sort of at the peak of the dot com thing, and then also watched the chaos that, that 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 bubble bursting caused.
0: Yeah, and that's when being a junior is sort of like, all right, we're we're kind of safe because. We're, we're cheap and we're we can sort of uh ride it out but yeah that's that's hard to see that sort of unfold that was probably what two thousand two thousand one so you and Brandon stayed together
1: at at i guess for a couple of jobs huh we did we we then we we went from from there we ended up at what is now Havas uh-huh at the time it was called mesner viteri Berger, McNamee, Schmetterer and partners you're r r c g <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I would call there sometimes just to hear the person say that all those words. That was a that
1: was a maddening part of the receptionist job. I said that that, <laughs>
0: that was a common Burger, Viteri, McNamee, your RSCG and partners. Um, <laughs> yes. So that was uh, Jeff Kling was there. Right. And or did he come in after you were there?
1: He came in after we were there. Right. And and that is, you know, again, another really fortuitous event that yeah. has, you know, help, helped keep me employed because we were there. We were, we were a, t- like a tier two, tier three Volvo team, like writing dealer headlines and, yeah. and laying out like lease cards. And again, that place went through some changes and we were, we were kind of dropped into the general creative department. And then Kling was, was, was suddenly the boss and um,
0: famous for his uh, Miller light High Life campaign, Miller High Life campaign, and, and right, is that
1: yes? Sort of, uh, and and like I loved that work. Like in college, that was my favorite campaign. So yeah, now it's stuff, a great one. I'm yeah, I'm able to work for the the guy who penned it, and it and he talks like that. That's what he sounds like when yeah. he talks. And so the devil it makes. was intimidating, <laughs> exactly, intimidating and great all at the same time. And and he, he I got to get Jeff is, on
0: this on this podcast. I'm writing that down. Jeff Kling, somebody write that down. Jeff Kling, call yeah, us. Them. You could just tell him to call us.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. We. Oh, I'll do that. Yeah. No. Again,
0: he's he's, he's I've amazing. never done and that he, on the show before. Hey, can you do? Hey, guest, sure. can you do this for me?
1: I wasn't sorry. sure how to react. If you're making, if I had to do that. No, no, no. I, no, I was telling up. the producers, but, but
0: <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. So Jeff Kling, what was Whoa. that like?
1: Uh, what, were
0: you were you were you intimidated? Were you were you guys like nervous? Were you excited to sort of like the new guy? Were there other people that were like, "Yeah, this guy is going to come in and just
1: cut everybody's throats," and you know, what was that like? Oh man, taking taking me back. Uh, it was <laughs> it was amazing because I think you know we had a decent work ethic, and he expected an insane work ethic, right? and we were still just making ads, you know, when we, we were still sitting around trying to think about ads. And when he came in, he, he blew the whole place up. He, he, his expectations were, were so different. And I remember struggling. I remember going, uh, we had a meeting with him. It was for new balance. It was, uh, we're launching a basketball shoot Mm -hmm. and showed a bunch of work thought it was all garbage. Yeah. And you know, walked out of there deflated and I at the time I did a newsletter for my friends about the Philadelphia 76ers and about basketball in general. And just my you know, picking top topics and writing like a like a amateur columnist. What, why, why did you do that? What was what was that uh about? It was sort of my creative outlet. Right. Uh, which was dumb because work should have been that I was getting paid.
0: To, oh, to, to, do you really think that now? Do you really think like
1: that energy should have been put into my work? Well, that that's actually what happened was oh. I, we had that meeting and then afterwards I was like, you know, embarrassed and I forwarded that to him. Cause I, that was something I was proud of and was like, Oh, Hey, by the way, I write this basketball blog. <laughs> I don't <laughs> suck that bad. Look, I can write. <laughs> And I remember he came, he printed it out and came into our office and was like waving around. And he was like, dude, just do this. Yeah. And I was like, do what? He's like this, this You're writing about basketball, do that for New Balance. Yeah. And I was like, wait, but that, that's a different thing. And like, aren't we making ads? He was like, no, don't make ads. Wow. Make, make this thing. And it, like the lights came on. It was like, oh, so I can write like that? for ads and it's embarrassing it took me so long but yeah once that happened the whole thing opened up
0: wow that's incredible so you basically were doing the right thing but you just didn't know it you were like you had it and you were so so that to me is like whatever you think is your creative outlet like try to try to do that in
1: in your job don't sit down and make ads because ads suck yeah. like sit down and and say something have a point of view yeah. have, have something to to give to the world that's not an ad and and that's when the really good stuff happens
0: and after that how did it how did it sort of is that when the the most interesting
1: man in the world happened and and it did yeah after ad, that was um no all around that time and i again i'm 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 gonna screw up the the history of this because I probably don't remember it correctly. No, but, but it's like the most interesting was. man
0: in the world. We could just make up like whatever happened, right? I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah that would we'll, be just,
0: true. we'll just put a video of you on a boat, on a yacht. You came up with it on a yacht.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you were fighting no, a bull on a yacht. Definitely the opposite of that. Yeah, we, we had worked on we had worked dust deckies and we had sold work that was in pre-production and it wasn't the most interesting man. It was a different campaign that was frankly not that good. And the client came in and had bigger ambitions than that, and 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 killed it in pre-production, wow. um, and made the agency start over. And, and it we, was your stuff in pre-production. Yeah, yeah, we were like we were all set to go to Mexico. Yeah, super excited about it. Brand and I didn't want to when it rebriefed. We didn't want to work on it. And Jeff, I remember the day there was a big kind of all creative department meeting because there was a lot of urgency to it and it was i think at, at noon everyone had to show work and he's like you guys are going to show work right and we we're like no and he said no you need to you need to have work so you're coming to this meeting with work and Brandon and i are like oh shit okay
0: and how how have- how many hours before
1: the meeting was that two <laughs> oh shit i know it's and it's you know that's what's so scary about this Job because like what if I had a stomachache that day like what if yeah what if Brandon and I were 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 too obstinate decided not to do it right um, right I'm so happy that we we tried and like it, it, again it's informed my whole you know worldview because it's like this this business is really good to people like to people who are up for it yeah who are willing just like to try versus sit, sitting back and being you know critics.
0: Yeah, yeah. Don't focus on the negative. I think it's like it's in life. It's like you can't like a lot of bad things are going to happen. And if you focus on them, only that will be the only thing you you see. But like, just let them happen and just just keep doing what you're good at and it will be OK. And and maybe you you would have just come up with some stuff and shown it in the meeting and somebody else would have had most interesting man in the world. But it, that's not how it happened. But how how exactly did like where did the most interesting man in the world come from? Because that, that interests me that it, it was like all in two hours. I know you your brain had been thinking about it for months and maybe a year. You know Doseki's and what it means and the what was the brief and and where did you go and and with this two hours of uh, fear based like let's just do it. What was that like? Can you describe like how the
1: the idea formed? in your heads maybe I mean, I'll, I'll try to remember as well as i remember it there were a couple of pieces of content out in the world that did a, that did a thing where it took a character and exaggerated them so greatly that it was funny um right. there's an SNL I, I don't know if you remember it was Bill Bill Brasky and they would talk about there was these guys hanging out in a bar talking about Bill Brasky and yeah. and what he did out in the world was super absurd. There was a a, a cartoon at the time about George George Washington um, and what a badass he was. And so we had those yeah. pieces, and I was like, maybe that that maybe that could be an interesting way to tackle this brief because we didn't like the brief. What was the brief? It was about. It was all about interesting, and the insight was that. I guess it was millennials at the time that yeah. they were actually insecure. Oh, it was
0: millennials back then too. Jesus, it's still millennials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Carl, I think we're, I think we're in a time warp.
1: <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always talking to millennials. i mean, yeah. like, you know, I'm a, out of the demo. Right. But yeah. it was, it was that they're, that they're insecure and that when it comes to their beer choice, they choose a the Dos Equis, that will make them look more interesting. Mm-hmm which was hundred percent correct but being a cynical 20 old jerk yeah. uh i didn't agree with that right. and i was drinking light beers i was a big light beer drinker i was proud i would be more than proud to put a thing at bud light down at a, at a table and and be uh displeased with someone who took exception to that so right. we didn't like the brief it's that we just made fun of we were like okay well if if, if of uh, getting a beer can make you more interesting than like what what else can happen what what else does this person who drinks a lot of Dos look like and right. then that from there that just went into the ex- exaggeration thing and yeah. and back to the cling like kind of write what you write what you know we're both uh, I, I feel comfortable speaking for Brandon we're p- both pretty like uninteresting guys we're, <laughs> we, <laughs> you know, we 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 uh, uh, grew up in New Jersey and Delaware. We went to a state school down the street from where our parents live. We both married our high school girlfriends. We lived in New Jersey when everyone else lived in Manhattan. Like, so we had a lot to be insecure about. And so instead (laughs) we just wrote, we just made fun of ourselves. Yeah.
0: And, and ironically, that's sort of what millennials do or people that are insecure do is like, they sort of compensate with like humor. So you were kind of you were kind of just inherently doing the right thing without without realizing it.
1: Totally, yeah. I I remember there. Was, I think it was in the first write up, we had a thing about he never, when he orders a salad, he never gets the dressing on the side. He gets right. the dressing on the top of the salad, yeah, where the where it belongs, where yeah. there's no turning back. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, so that that started helping us thinking about like. You know, that at nighttime I would like, we had, you know, we had DVDs. It was, it was back when you would have DVDs and like, I would spend my night alphabetizing the DVD collection. Yeah. And it was like this, this, this muse, most interesting man in the world. Yeah. He would yeah. He'd never do that. He would never alphabetize his DVD collection. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so he was your alter ego. He was the, uh, he was the guy you wished you could be. Yeah, totally. But also he was sort of a, Hey, fuck you, brief writer. If you want interesting, I'll give you interesting.
1: Yeah, and again like that <laughs> me because Caroline Wellman who wrote that brief like that was no a, offense Caroline. A great good, brief. Good yeah. brief. Like awesome brief and yeah. and again being like a cynical creative could have been incredibly unhelpful to us and so yeah. at least we did the work but then walked away from that being like all right, maybe there's a lot more to be offered in this world than what than what we're providing. Yeah. And start I look for that, you know, at every opportunity being like, OK, maybe there's something there.
0: It's it's funny how uh, as you grow older and, and it is a maturity thing that you realize that the times when you think you're super right are when you're super wrong. Yes. <laughs> it's like so 100 percent true every time, like when you are sure that this is the right way to go. Red flag. <laughs> Holy, you know. It's interesting to hear about that uh and then it's blown up over the years and and you know we uh paul fix is uh is working here at demas Goldstein. and he he sort of carried on the tradition from you guys and it's become uh um, right. it's become a meme it's become a a thing and it's still a great campaign i I don't know why they sent him to the moon or wherever they sent him i feel like it's never gonna be there's never gonna be a better campaign for Josekis, do you think? Or or will somebody
1: I mean in some ways I I hope there is, but then since Bud Light is, is our client, I hope there isn't. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what
0: did that do when you when that light went on? So this is two lights going on, so it's Jeff Kling telling you, like, no, don't do ads, do interesting things and then uh Jeff Kling telling you, You gotta do it. Do it in two hours and and you just did it. What happened from there? Like, what what did that did that cause you guys to be more marketable?
1: We definitely started working harder and started realizing like if he came to us with a thing that was gonna have to be shown the client the next day. Yeah. Or we might have scoffed at that before. We were like, oh yeah, we're we're all in. We'll we'll jump on that. Yeah. So it definitely became like a lot of a lot of nights working from home. Like I remember yeah. for a long time. You know, before it, I got faster at this, it was almost like two two shifts of a job. You'd go home, and, and I'd eat dinner with, with my wife, and we'd maybe watch a show or two, and then she'd go to bed, and I'd pull my laptop back out and start yep. working again. Yes.
0: I wrote a script on the train this morning on the way in. <laughs> oh, it's, the train. Yeah, it, the never train the, the, yeah. it never stops. never yeah. stops. I still live in New Jersey. P.S.
1: Oh, great. Woo! Nice. Woo! Sorry. Contractually, I, I love the gonna... enthusiasm. Um, it's awesome.
0: So you go from Euro, Euro to Mother. Were they in New York at that time?
1: Yes. Went to Mother. When we got to work for Paul and Linus and and Andrew and Rob Florio, and it was similar to that first job out of school. Like it just didn't quite feel like the right fit. And like love those guys. It's, it's, yeah. like talk, talk to Paul, especially all the time. But like from a client perspective, we didn't realize how good we had at working on and then all of a sudden we were, you know, back kind of at the bottom of the ladder. What and made
0: you? What made you? What made you jump from Euro? Was it? Was it? Had Jeff left, or were you? No,
1: Jeff was still there. I mean, we were just we were just idiots. Yeah. Like we, we were wanted... like, oh,
0: six years the uh, place. Uh, that's enough. Let's uh, totally. let's go. Let's go uh, reap the rewards.
1: We, yeah, uh, that was all it was. We wanted more money and like, we we're t- too dumb to figure out how to ask for more money in yeah. the right way at a big holding company.
0: Yeah. How do you ask for money the right way at a big holding company?
1: I haven't worked at one
0: for 11 years, Since so I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's awesome. Never well for me. So what is it like when, when you found Widen, it feels like that was like, okay, this is where I want to work. Were you in Portland at first or were
1: you in New York? In in Portland, so, I we we had a brief stop at Shiat, yeah, and then that thing was that the Jerry Graf Shiat that was the Jerry, uh, Jerry Scott in time, and yeah. and they all left I think within about three or four months of us starting there.
0: Yeah, Jerry left me after six months at uh, at BBDO.
1: And yeah, I it's was a like, bummer when I he was does like, that. Oh
0: man, I just got yeah. here,
1: bro. Come on. It, yeah, that and and so at that point it was I think Jeff Jeff had gone to widen Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. He went back there. Those guys had all gone back to big holding companies and we had a kind of a, a a fork in the road and and for me I was like, man, I I you know, the time with Jeff was really special, the time with Scott, Jerry and Ian was really awesome, yeah. like those things were were felt like they were thriving and I don't really want to go to a rebuilding agency. And I was lucky enough to get, Jeff was, was willing to hire me in Amsterdam and he was so super gracious And that I, I was like, I just would, I don't feel comfortable moving out of America just yet. Uh, I, I just had my daughter yeah. and we felt like, we could do Portland. I probably couldn't pick it out on a map. <laughs> 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 Dumbass. <laughs> it's person. up there in
0: the top left. <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: But the idea was so exciting to be able to go work there and go work at the, the home where all these great bosses that I had had um, over the years had come from. And yeah. b- basically begged my way into that building and but thanks to Jeff to had a good, you know, w- w- vouch for me. And yeah. Susan Hoffman gave me a job there. And That's great. yeah, it it's not the like, it, it's a funny, it's a funny place because it's very hard, but it's very worth it. What's, what's hard about it? It's just crazy. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a crazy place. It has crazy high standards. All of us that work in it, I think can, we can all make it Probably harder than it needs to be, but I think that's also what makes it special, yeah you know it's a place you care so much about, and because of that it it's becomes less transactional, yeah, uh, like a lot of agencies can feel it's a more it's, it can be an emotional place it really because,
0: feels like a family to me when I meet people that have worked at widen. they always speak so so well about about the the team there, and I think what i'm what I'm getting out of what you're saying is like you follow people you don't try to jump from place to place and think it's going to be the same when you find somebody that you like working for that's a sign that you should follow them or
1: you should there's something right there i don't know i remember walking in the, the, the building and having this you know funny thought about thinking all the people who walked through there that i had admired before me I like, yeah. uh, you know, Jeff, of course, Dan Wyden, of course, J- Jimmy Smith, thinking all these people whose work I was a huge fan of. And I remember going thinking to myself, it's going to be so weird when I hate this place.
0: Ah, that's so that's so interesting.
1: Yeah. And then I, I you know, I had moments where I hated it, yeah. but in the, in the, uh, on the whole, never, never have.
0: Yeah. But it's interesting that you come into it with with that sort of feeling of like, wow, this is, this can't last. yeah totally This this good times Cantley. you're so from jersey my goodness (laughs) i i know that i know that in mind and you while you're there you do some of the some of the best work thank you mom for uh png on the olympics and it says in your bio that you wrote that in 2010 but it didn't get an emmy until 2012 is that just Just by way of uh, how long it took to make it, or is that something that you had in the in the hopper and then opportunity
1: came around? Oh, right. Yeah. Well, there were two. There were two rounds. So there was the, if I'm getting, if I'm remembering correctly, in 2008, the the campaign came out. I mean, we had done a few spots and some print and stuff like that for that one, and then that's what I was able to get a CD job from there because then that became a full time account. Oh, so wow. the one that won Emmy was the kind of first thing I created, directed. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. What is the difference between copywriter and creative director? What, what what skills did you have to learn at that point?
1: It's a good question. I mean, It's vastly different, especially at, at widen because there, we only have the three layers. We just have the the in an office. Um, there's the ECD, a creative director, and then copywriters and art directors. Mm-hmm. So it's a big it's a big jump. When you do it, and I think it it's just a shift in your worldview, really. It goes from like as a creative, you're sort of the to be successful, you have to be kind of the most selfish person in the room. Yeah. And a creative director kind of needs to be the most altruistic. And it's a funny, it's a funny shift when you when you have to go through it, because yeah. all of a sudden you're sitting across the table from an asshole that looks exactly like <laughs> You looked like you know two months prior. Yeah, uh, it, I yeah, hate it. this
0: fucking brief. The brief <laughs> <Yeah>. sucks, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then you have to you have to sort of not break their spirit, but let them know that like there's a there's a bigger plan here, and there's you know you you gotta uh, do what Jeff Kling did. You, you gotta come with work. Yeah. And just sort of uh, it's almost like a like a parent at that point because you're you can't coddle them too much, but you also can't like break them.
1: Right. And and you have to see kind of, you know, massive value in them that that you and, and when you were in that role that you you provided. It's a strange it's a strange business in that I'm probably getting over my skis a little bit here. So so bear oh, with me, on.
0: too. I've been over my skis for years. <laughs> OK,
1: I'm tumbling uh, through space. It's it's weird that. You don't you never know how much the people above you are bringing to the table until you're in the job. Yeah. And so when you're creative, you just think the creative directors are kind of in, in your way <laughs> um, and you don't realize they have this whole other job. It's like you're a it's like you're a, a fish in a bathtub and you don't know that how pl- the plumbing works. Yeah. You just only think about the bathtub. Yeah.
0: And now you're executive creative director in New York when did that start that started two thousand sixteen
1: I believe so yeah
0: like three three, three almost you know, right. three and a half so years, years ago. ago what's that like coming back to new york and and doing that
1: it's amazing again it's it's super hard and yeah. it is a lot of it's massive responsibility because you, you go from you know as this creative you're just trying to make a good a good piece of creative yeah to uh, an e c d you're trying to make this a good place to work yeah. And so you, you sure you think about ads, but you're also thinking about diversity and, and and about gender and about how to make this place progress and move and not make yeah. it look this year like it looked five years or 10 years.
0: What What is what is happening now? what What's the what's the next thing in in advertising that that we're all trying to figure out or that you're trying to figure out? What are the big giants that we have to? take on?
1: It's kind of embarrassing, but when I, when I, when I was getting, when we we're getting ready to move here, I, I, I watched Moneyball like 50 times. Oh, okay. Cause it felt a little bit like that. Like it felt like there, there's this sort of, there's the, the industry has to change. Yeah. Uh, the, and these companies have to change and how, how are we going to do that? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. It's it, in some ways we're doing things very different than, than we did in Portland and, and how I came up.
0: Yeah. How so?
1: What's different? There's so much work now. And, and I think Crispin did a good job with this, which was like understanding how disposable everything is and how fleeting your chances of grabbing anyone's attention are now realizing that you have to have cover way more surface area and you have to take way more chances and you have to really spread out how you're thinking about a brand versus before where it was like it was really it used to be really reductive Hmm. you used to you you used to try to get it down to that perfect thing that like faberge egg yeah that one
0: that one platform that one spot that one line that will change the most interesting man in the world you know it's a it's a it's a platform, right? I mean, is that, that's still happening?
1: Yeah. And, 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 but it's like, now it's in the, you know, it works in the aggregate, right? You get, you get to quality through quantity now. Right. And, and I think, think that's, that can be hard thinking about things holistically. And, and we're, we're now we're kind of like in constantly in triage mode, right? We're like choosing which pieces of work, And which briefs can be saved, you know, which which it's like, all right, that, that one's, that's not going (laughs) to (laughs) work. And, and like, and knowing that it's okay, like, it's okay to not have every single thing that comes out the door be the greatest thing ever. Yeah. You're still trying to get, we still want to do the greatest thing ever. Yeah. But we're not going to get there by just making that.
0: Right. And so it's, it's about speed. And I mean, the briefs become more important because. You definitely want to be sure you're sort of uh, tackling the right business problem. Yeah, uh, we
1: like it, it. We definitely we have some things that we we lean into, but we, we kind of run. We try to we try to run at whatever brief the client gives us, right? And to try to wrap that in something. Yeah. To create. Try to wrap that in a point of view that feels right so it's more
0: like once you get the client brief because it used to be like well the client brief says this but we're going to give it our own we're we're smarter than them and we're going to give <laughs> it our own spin now it's like okay client brief says this let's get it out and then you sort of iterate and learn on the way
1: yeah okay yeah
0: okay so we're we're doing okay that's what we do here
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, we're all we're all just trying to we're trying to keep this thing on the rails so yeah yeah we try to talk about it differently as well like you find that like walking, like asking what the idea is or telling people that work has to be great. It's just not really helpful or clear because I don't, you know, ideas and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but like, they're so hard to define, like there's whole books out there describing what ideas are that yeah. don't really distill it down to an easy definition. So, and then, and then in addition, like when an idea is really clear, like a, uh, and no offense to the person who wrote this, but like, maybe what's the one, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah. Then it feels like an ad. Right. So it's, it's been an interesting way to get people to, to, to think about it differently, to be like, no, you're just, you're just back to the, 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 the basketball newsletters. It's like, you're just trying to say something.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, it feels, it feels like it's back to that. I was reading about how the job of the future in advertising Marketing, I guess, will be the editor in chief, and it feels like that's what advertising agencies are becoming: is these sort of editors of content.
1: No, that's exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly how how I feel about it. And and we we'll say that as, as like, you can't be a creative curator. You know, you're a creative director. Like, direct people. Right. Make it make it more expansive. Like. Right. Find ways to have to fill the wall with work. Don't spend your whole day taking the work off the wall. That's not helpful. Yeah,
0: don't worry about the craft of any one individual piece. Worry about the aggregate of of all of the all of the pieces together and and what they say and and the the way it it sort of yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting time. I I I have never felt more creative and and excited to to come to work every day because you know, we are doing things like podcasts and newsletters and, you know, along with like the video content that, you know, we all sort of grew up with. So it's, it's, it, there's a lot more opportunity for everybody.
1: Yeah. And, and, and you get to, you get to iterate, which, which yeah. you mentioned earlier, that, and that's, that's like where it gets really fun is yeah. when you make something, you know, you make five things and somehow the internet responds to one of them right. and and then you make something else for that audience, and you it, it's just like back and forth that's all we, we say about Bud light it's like it's like almost we turned we turned our whole marketing approach over to the internet
0: oh interesting.
1: how so you know, Well, because like the dilly dilly thing like I, we had no idea that was going to become right. a thing, and I remember being at the Super Bowl not long after we had started doing that marketing and seeing people with like shirts dilly dilly. Shirts that they bought off Etsy, and it was like, wow. "What is this?" You know, and it's just not a thing you could have ever planned for. Yeah, but the clients were were great enough to let us lean right into it and 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 make it bigger. Yeah, and turn it into like a whole world.
0: And then you did that spot with Droga Five, right? Like there was one spot on the Super Bowl that yeah. you guys did with Droga Five together. That's so interesting.
1: Yeah, it was it was wild because we. You know, the thing was inspired by the one, the very first spot was just it was a it was kind of a comms idea of of can we make work that comes out in the context of these big media moments. And right. So we did stuff around. Oh, shoot, what's the what's the zombie show? Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Right. So we did a Walking Dead one. We did one around um, Game of Thrones. Thursday Night Football and then yeah and then that was Game of Thrones and so it kind of it was able to come full circle which was really fun
0: yeah that's interesting too that you have to sort of put things in context of other things uh more often now it used to be uh you know product placement and like all that stuff but now it's like no everything has to be in relation to something that somebody's already talking about or they're not going to talk about it right This has been a, such an interesting talk. I could talk to you for, for a long time, but, uh, I know you, you've got other things and you're, you're running the show over there. So anything else, anything I didn't ask you that I should?
1: No, I'd love to, I mean, you know, let's, if, if, let's, uh, let's we'll do, do it again. again. Like, yeah. Cause I talk about,
0: let's hang out.
1: Let's have a Bud Light, but yeah, we'll have a, a bunch of them. Come like over if, to Molly's
0: if, and we'll, uh, we'll have a, we'll have a beer. That'd
1: be great. We appreciate that you do this, man. It's, it's really awesome.
0: Um, I love doing it. It's one of my favorite things. Um, there's, there's, there's tens of dollars in it. I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> Fantastic.
0: But thank you for, uh, for coming on the show, Carl Lieberman. And, uh, it was really nice meeting you.
1: Uh, likewise. Thanks so much, man. Have, have a good one.
0: That was great, man. We're, 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 That's good. That's helpful. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. That's everybody's, everybody's nodding and smiling. And uh, it was one of the, one of the better ones. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I just sit over here and I just, I'm sweating. (laughs)
0: I've, I've stopped sweating. I'm, I'm, I just kind of, whatever, it's going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, that was great. Good job. I'd love to get you, uh, whoever you can sort of send over to us or, or, or tell us about, we'd love to get in touch with Jeff and, and. You know, our producers will will reach out to to him and, and Jimmy yeah. Smith is another guy I'd love to have on. I want to get more diversity and, and you know, hit, hit me up uh, on, on email or whatever. I will. Know. Yeah, I will. What's your
1: what's your email address? Carl. Lieberman at WK dot com or on LinkedIn or Instagram or, Great. or any of the channels. And then and then I'm not always awesome at. Responding, but I have people that are super helpful to that. So I can I can always once someone reaches out to me, I will try to put them in contact with, with uh, Caitlin Johnson, our recruiter, or or anyone else who might be helpful. Yeah,
0: remember don't don't be a jerk, uh, and don't uh, email every day and say why aren't you writing me back? Because uh, Carl's a busy guy. Uh, same for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but most most people are very nice. But thank you.
1: Hey, thank you, and th- uh, now we've got the, the New York uh, fire sirens. Yeah, on. yeah,
0: that's cool. That, that yeah, adds think- that adds uh, production production value. You know that. Yeah. Now we've got. It. Yeah, we'll put that. Uh, we'll put that all in. Thanks so much. But I definitely want to grab that beer, and and uh, it was great to meet you. Likewise,
1: man. Thank you very much.
0: So that was my chat with Carl. What a great guy. I had I had never met him before. We came up at, at kind of the same time. Great stories, great insights into what advertising, good content, um, and a good creative director, and a good ECD, and uh, like all the things that, that are uh, so hard to figure out. He, he sort of showed us a little inkling of, of how you do it. I hope that was inspiring for everybody. It was It was inspiring for me, for sure. The A-List Podcast is an inspiring action from Damasimo Goldstein, sponsored in part by AdHouse Advertising School. It's recorded at Gramercy Post in New York City. Our producer is Casey Balogurski. Our research was done by James Neiman. Our engineer is Joe Webster. And our show was edited by Matt Stillo. I'm Tom Chrisman. You can find me on LinkedIn, or you can send me an email at tom at digobrands.com. Special thanks to Mark DeMassimo for believing in this inspiring action. And thanks to everyone listening around the world.